Welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore and Beth Christine. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to the Stupid Idiot Podcast. I'm a fat moron. And I'm a fat, ugly moron. And today we're talking about The Incredibles 2. So, Beth, uh... We're we're both fans of The Incredibles, right? Yes. Yeah, it, or rather, any film by Brad Bird, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, so you know, there's obviously a lot of there's a lot of hype going into a movie like this. There's a lot of uh, you know, there's there's 14 years of build up. Um, so, but before we talk about that. <laughs> Let's uh let's talk about our theater experience a little bit. <laughs> can I can I mention something before we do that that I saw like going in um it was it was quite a while ago someone made this post and I think they were being serious. They're like, "Hey, don't take kids to this movie because we've been waiting 14 years to see it. So it's our time. So literally actually don't bring your kids." Um so, like, uh, I guess going into theater experience, we sat by, like, two kids, and they were, like, younger kids. Uh-huh. Um, and they did pretty good, actually. I, I don't think I had a problem with anyone there. Um, I didn't hear, I don't, I didn't hear a peep out of anyone. Yeah, everyone just did really good. Um. Unless I was supposed to. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. We got great seats. Uh. To clarify, we went to, um, we went to the AMC, uh, theater. Yes. Same one we went to see I Love Dogs at. And uh, uh, pretty pretty decent sized screen, like a really good sized screen. Like you said, we had amazing seats. Like uh, the diagram that they have, like when you're selecting your seats, uh, makes it seem like you're all crammed in front of the screen. But mm-hmm. like the spacing is was really great. Um, and yeah, like there, there was a, there were several kids in the audience, but like, you know, none of them were like trying to talk during the movie or anything, which was great. Right. So awesome job, kids. <laughs> um, one thing I want to say that I really just love about that theater is like, there's like a little like wall behind you yeah. so no one can put your feet uh, or their feet on your seat. So that's great. So good time overall with that. Other than that, you know, nothing special to the to the theatrical experience it was a uh, an average day at the movies yeah um but you know a positive one to to say the least uh so let's get into non-spoiler territory for the movie um so overall just kind of general impressions uh what did you what did you think of it i i loved it i think it held up really well and i would recommend if you're a fan of the first movie to Go see it for, yeah. for starters, yeah. I, you know, I would say that this is the worst movie ever, um, because how, in their right minds, could they make Incredibles: Rise of the Underminer, the video game, non-canon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that w- that was my Incredibles too for so. Long. <laughs> um, but no, this is this is such a great movie and well worth the wait. Right. Um, yeah, I. I didn't really myself, um, like, think about An Incredibles 2. I, I've always, like, wanted one because I want, like, any movie I like to continue. But I didn't think about, like, what would it be? So, you know, I, I thought the story was well-constructed and mm-hmm. it all made sense. It um, carried off of the last movie, you know, really well, I think. 
Well, you know, fans of Pixar movies have been like, uh, there's always been one sequel they always wanted. There's always been like, you know, one uh, follow up that they've they've always wanted. And uh, the question everyone asked was, what happened before Monsters Inc? Uh, but you know, now we know that. So they got around to this one and, uh, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that was apparently more important. Right. Or, uh, what happened after finding Nemo? Um, <laughs> no, this is like the one Pixar movie aside from like Toy Story that I really wanted like a sequel to. And, um, as much I joked about the video game before, but like, you know, it, it was proof that, uh, a follow-up to The Incredibles could work and that we could see more of these characters. I mean, like, this being a part of the superhero genre, like, that, you know, that automatically, you know, makes it um, a great sequel fodder. So the trailers for this movie, uh, the first, like, teaser uh, had, w was showing off that it was going to kind of, uh, a big element was going to be uh, Bob staying at home uh, and uh, taking on domestic responsibilities while Helen goes away. And that got me a little bit worried. Right. Um, because I thought that was going to be the whole movie. Right. Because they've, they've talked about, like, they've talked about how they wanted to do, like, this, uh, their, their great idea that they could not pass up on for Toy Story 4 uh, until they replaced the writers and had them rewrite the script. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know what happened to that great idea. But um, they were wanting to do, like, a small, like, side story. Or, like, with Monsters, Inc. You know, they, like, oh, this is them. This is Animal House, but it's Monsters, Inc. It's them in college. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, like yeah, doing, doing, like, small stories. And I thought, like, oh, no. Like, what if they, like, if they do that with The Incredibles, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the sequel people want. People are going to hate it. That was just a part of the movie. And luckily, they actually did, like, th this movie ends up having... Uh, Helen kind of be the main character instead, right. which I ended up really liking because I, I mean I, you know she's she's one of the best characters in the original movie and uh, naturally uh, ends up being really great here as well. Right. Yeah. Um, even in the last movie, like Helen, she's just a she's a badass. Like, oh yeah. She's she's an awesome character. Um, so I'm glad that she you know. I didn't really necessarily in the last movie find that, oh, she, she's just like the housewife. Because, I mean, again, mm -hmm. she's super heroic. Uh, she's super smart. You Halfway know. through the movie, she's doing as much action as uh, as Bob is. Right. But, you know, like, uh, obviously her, the kids, they're her top priority. Right. Always. Always. Um, with Bob, too, having him be with him, it's like, hey, yeah, I want to protect the kids. I want to be a good dad. Well, one of the major themes of the first movie was... Uh, him kind of figuring out, like, you know, he was chasing his glory days and then uh, figuring out that his family is, like, his family is here and now. It's important. Right. And uh, this this does a good job following up on it. I feel like, you know, in, in some cases, there are certain ideas from the first movie that it kind of retreads a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, uh, well, this is this is getting into spoiler territory, so I'll, I'll hold off on this. Uh, but... Uh, we'll come back to that right so before we get into that i want to say uh um bob odenkirk was a great um addition you just recently started watching breaking bad with me so uh right. you knew, so you knew uh saul goodman yes it, he was like the well he was like saul goodman if he was like an okay guy right yeah yeah <laughs> not a criminal right just like a a lovable kid character uh which is great um 
and then uh, also, uh, I guess just because they they wanted both of both uh, the Better Call Saul characters, they also got uh, Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike, and uh, had I think he replaced somebody. I don't know if he was in the first one, but uh, so I don't know what happened to that guy. But they got Mike in there, and that was pretty great. <laughs> um, I didn't look up who plays Evelyn, uh, who's uh, the the girl. Yeah, I I've never uh, heard of her before. I, okay. Unless unless I have and I don't remember it, but uh, you were saying throughout the thing that she looked like Angelina Jolie, right? And kind of to me sounded like her, but I mean I don't. She looked more like Halle Berry to me. Maybe I don't know, but <laughs> uh, it was like getting me the whole time when I was like looking at her. I'm like, is it? But I haven't checked. I don't know. Probably not. She's too busy with the Kung Fu Panda movies. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and we'll move into spoilers, and I can. I actually start spoiling stuff. So, uh, uh, warning everyone, here we go. So yeah, this this movie kind of retreads a few of the same uh, plot elements. The first movie had Mr. Incredible uh, taking on secret hero work uh, from some agency. This one has Helen doing the same thing. Uh, except, and both of them have someone who turns out to be the villain. <laughs> right. Uh, and then a, a nice person who's working for the who's working for the villain. Right. They just gender flopped literally everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but so like I you know I don't know if I, I I noticed it. I don't know if I take away points or anything for that. Uh, but it's also like you know, because it's the same thing as like you know Toy Story two kind of has the same story as Toy Story three, except. Like, you know, oh, because Toy Story 2 is about the inevitability of Andy growing up. Toy Story 3 is Andy has grown up now. Like, and here, here's all the here's all the events that unfold. Um, and one of them kind of does a better job than the other one. Uh, that being 3, that's my opinion, though. Um, and with this one, like, it brings enough new things to the table. Like, with actually making, you know putting the idea forth to make supers legal again. Um, and it, yeah, uh, so it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a big tripping up point for me or anything, but it was definitely something I noticed. Right. Something I really liked about this movie is, uh, all the characters, like, well, pretty much like all the family, they like grew. Yeah. Like, even the kids, like, you know, <laughs> okay. So in the beginning, they're like, <laughs> there's like this awesome like uh that scene where that guy's like coming out of the ground in that weird contraption the underminer the underminer yeah that guy um and it was just hilarious that was such a funny fight scene because they're all passing jack jack back and forth like yeah. no you take him you watch him he's such a fucking nuisance like, <laughs> yes. um, and uh you know like the kids are just like i don't want to watch him i don't want to babysit him mm -hmm. later on jack jack's like a valuable yeah, he's like, a priority. Yeah, yeah. like weapon also because he yeah. has all these powers. Um, also, I did you notice how the opening uh, with them trying to take on the Underminer and like, uh, you know, all the collateral damage that they cause uh, and all the mistakes they make as a family and as a team. Uh, it's an exact reflection of the final scene where uh, they're trying to stop the boat and... They end up not causing as much collateral damage and working together properly. And Right. You know, they're like, we don't care about the damage. We want to... Because they're saving people. So, right. Um, like... But they bring up a great point of... Uh, right. I Oh, so by the way, I really, really thought 
because um, like you know that the uh, the collateral damage thing has been a huge um, has been a huge theme in superhero movies uh, for the last couple of years. Like uh, I think it was Batman versus Superman tried to do it uh, to no avail. But um, because in Man of Steel, like there's like they fucking wreck <laughs> Metropolis, um, and then the Avenger movies do it as well. Where uh, like it's it's brought up as like oh you guys are uh, you know all these people are you know b- getting put into danger so like you know they use that as well um, when they're approached by the uh, by Saul Goodman uh, they put cameras on their suits as like are they gonna do like a police body cam thing or like they gonna are they gonna try and say something about that here and they don't really right. <laughs> um, it's it only really comes up as uh, a thing when she sees her body cam on a, on a monitor when she's, uh, uh, what the, what the hell is the villain's name again? Screen slaver. Screen slaver. Right. Yeah. Um, when, uh, when she's fighting screen slaver, there's a, she can see her body cam on one of the monitors, uh, which one thing I will fault this movie for you know exactly who the villain is at the very beginning of the film, as soon as she's introduced. Right. Um, which isn't a huge detractor or anything, but like the whole time, like they try to like lead you astray from it. It's like, yeah, but like the thing is, I know it's her. Right. She shouldn't have, she shouldn't have looked as disheveled as she did like right off the bat. Right. You know, and she's like rich and powerful. She has this money. Um, there's, like, a point even where, like, they're talking about their parents dying, and, like, it even talks about, like, before anything is revealed, like, hey, yeah, our mom wanted to leave, but our, our, our dad didn't want to do that because he wanted to wait for the superheroes, and mm-hmm. she's like, I think that's bad. He's like, well, you know, we can talk about this later. Um, it's like, all right, yeah, it's it's going to be her. Yeah. Uh, you know, who else has all of the, right. <laughs> everything that she does? Um. But, you know, still, I think they, you know, like, I, I enjoyed watching it unfold yeah. still. Uh, it, it, it became more about, like, how are they going to do the reveal rather than, like, oh, who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, also, like, so uh, at one point she goes into, like, this apartment or whatever where a uh, screen slaver is supposed to be and uh, it's, yeah, like, some random pizza guy and, like, you can tell, like, there's a close-up on his face when they take off the mask that, like, he looks like he is just zapped out of, it, out of like, the trance. Right. It's like, w- were you trying to fool anybody there? Like, right. like you should have maybe done, a, like, a, a wide shot or something. Like, right. I don't know. Um, and then they kind of, like, explain it all. Like, well, Helen explains, like, hey, that was, like, way too easy. Yeah. And that guy, like, you know, he's just a, you know, a teenage P- pizza, pizza boy. Guy. Yeah, pizza boy. Um, like, how could he have done this? Um, it's weird. Something I noticed about, like, Evelyn the villain, uh, is, like, in the end, she, she has, like, no, like, like, she's just like, no, like, fuck you guys, I still hate superheroes. Even yeah. though, even though you saved me, Helen, I still hate you. And she says that. Yeah. Well, she doesn't say she hates her, but she's like, it doesn't make you right. Yeah, she, I think she does say, fuck you. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> might as well have. Fuck you, Helen, you bitch. It's like, wow, man, they really, they really put, they really pushed those boundaries, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'd say like this movie has a lot of really great scenes, a really lot of great action set pieces and everything. Lots of good, you know, comedic moments. Uh, the structure of the structure overall wasn't super strong, at least not as strong as the first one, which I could kind of expect that happens a lot with sequels where you're trying to get, you have a lot of ideas that you want to push forward, but, uh, you don't know how to put them all together. That was kind of, that was a little bit of a problem in this movie. Um, they definitely, uh, wanted to do a lot of things, but, uh, narratively it, it, it they didn't mesh together super well all the time to the point where like i'm i look back at the movie you know having just seen it and think like oh man there's like a there's just like a it's it kind of just ended up as a big pile of scenes rather than like an organized shelf you know yeah that's fair so one thing like a lot you know both of these movies are ensembles um they definitely have their leads like this one was more helen than it was bob um I did not expect that the kids were going to have to take on full responsibility uh, for a while near the end, mm -hmm. uh, which was very cool. Because, like, as soon as they uh, put the goggles on uh, on Bob, it was like, holy shit. Right. Yeah, like... Uh, well, they had it on Bob, like, for his own. All the, you know, other heroes. Mm -hmm. Helen, it's like, oh... It's like, oh, how are they going to do anything? And then I remembered there's the... The, uh, the Increda, the Incredimobile or whatever. Yeah, and then Jack-Jack. They're like, oh shit, we have Jack-Jack, right. so we're all good. And it was it was a nice, like, they definitely, uh, they kept the stakes high just by, like, you know, creating, you know, something that they would have to balance with. Right. Which was great. Um, yeah, like, just, like, staying on the topic of the kids real quick. Mm -hmm. I like the kids in these because, you know, normally they're kind of, because they're kids. And yeah. Violet hates having powers because she just wants to be normal. And right. Dash is just fucking annoying and crazy. And he's Dash. Um, so, like, it was it was so cool seeing, like, towards the end, they're just like, hey. Like, they took on some responsibility. And, yeah. Like, especially, I think, Violet. Like, at one point, she's just like, hey, let me stay with Jack-Jack because, you know, I have this power like, my force field, you know, will yeah. protect us and everything. So I thought that was really cool, and it made me enjoy the kids. I think they walked back Dash a little bit in terms of characterization. Like, yeah. Like, he, he, he felt a little less responsible than he should have been mm -hmm. uh, after the first movie. Um, however, yeah, Violet, I was worried about Violet at one point just because uh, there was... There was kind of a moment where it's like, oh, is she going to be an irrational teenager? Yeah. Um, and then they immediately, like, they, they immediately fix that. Like, she's understanding about the situation. She just has to blow off some steam for a little bit, um, which was great. And they did a very good job with Violet. Um, I The one character I could have used some more of was Frozone, uh, but that's also because he's Frozone. <laughs> um, right, yeah. No, Frozone and maybe a little bit more of his wife. Because there's, like, just one, like, little tiny scene of her, and I can't even remember what it was. I it think... was basically just a callback joke. Yeah. Which which was fine. I, I definitely, I expected that. And I I was very, I was very pleased that, like, there wasn't, like, the whole movie wasn't just like, hey, remember the first Incredibles movie? That's true. I mean, like, they, they definitely brought everyone back. Like, you know, Edna shows up kind of for no reason, but, um, like... It, it was like they they found a good way to incorporate her and like make it 
funny. This is definitely more of a comedy than the first one is. Like, this is more of an action comedy, while the first one's, like, a, definitely, like, an action drama. Right. Um, and, uh, there was, I noticed, uh, you, you brought, you were, because you were asking me a question before we recorded about, uh, what, like, just to make sure, like, you, you were right about what happened to Syndrome at the end of the last movie. They do not bring him up once in the whole film. Yeah. Which I thought was weird, um, but at the same time, maybe not too weird. Right. Him and Silver Hair Girl. Um, Again, it's Mirage. Yeah, Mirage. Um, yeah, I mean, at least, like, one time, like, maybe a mention, I don't know. Right. Um, I guess it doesn't, like, necessarily bother me. It's just, like, weird when... It's also, I also, when we were walking out of the theater, I remember, I was thinking about the fact, like, they didn't, they never caught the Underminer. (laughs) You see, still, and I'm wondering, like, if, uh, it's just, like, if they try to do another one, which, ooh, careful there, don't get ahead of yourselves, guys. Uh, this one took 14 years. Maybe, maybe you should take another 14. But um, uh, they, like, I wonder if it's gonna be like a gag or something that they're like, oh, he, like, he keeps showing up or whatever. Um, I, I do wonder if there, that could have been if they did like a after credit scene or something. That that could have been a good one. <laughs> yeah. Have him show up again. Uh, someone let me know if that absolutely did happen, then I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have right, to watch yeah. it. But, um, or, or Brad Bird, here's an idea for you. When you release it on Blu-ray, throw that in there. Um, there was one other thing. Uh, like one of my last notes was uh, there was a scene in there um, where Jack-Jack is still awake while everyone else in the house is asleep. And we're like seeing you know, all of his powers. And, uh, like, he starts kind of, like, there's a raccoon outside, and he starts, like, fighting the raccoon. And it's a funny scene. Um, and all of the trailers we saw before the, this movie had, like, every bad animated film that's about to come out. There was a trailer for uh, the stupid Grinch movie. There was a trailer. There was the horrible, man, this movie, this fucking movie better be good. Uh, because they made us sit through the fucking Wreck-It Ralph trailer again. Yep. Um, and th- there was another really terrible one. Um, but uh, any of those movies, they would have the raccoon show up and that would be like their minion character. And like, right. oh man, oh, 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 the raccoon guys. Oh. Yeah. Um, it never shows up again, which is great. Right. Uh, this movie has some fucking restraint. Right. Because it's just like, why would the raccoon show up again? It's, right. It's a fucking raccoon. Like, it shows up in like the little end credits bit because they're like kind of recapping the whole movie. Right. Um, but like that was that was fine. But like when it came up, I was thinking like they never brought it back, and I love that. Right. I love <laughs> that it. would have been so fucking lazy. Yeah. Um. They didn't use because again, like in the last movie, Jack Jack he's, he's a baby. They didn't. No one knows. And like at, throughout the whole movie, they're just like Jack Jack has powers. What? Because like he didn't have like powers pretty much until like towards the end. And they don't even see it happen. Right. Um. And there was just like which I had to remember because yeah. I thought everyone knew. <laughs> well, and that was like a thing. I'm like, did you guys like have no clue? Um. But yeah, no, they didn't. Um. And, yeah, he's in this movie so much. <laughs> um, Bob isn't even the secondary character. It's Jack-Jack. <laughs> yeah. They did a really good job with him. And uh, 
not making him annoying. Oh, yeah. And uh, utilizing him in interesting ways, but, like, also starting to give him a personality, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I'm out of I'm out of notes. I'm out of things to talk about. Uh, everything, uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. A um, few minor nitpicks here and there. Uh, Beth, what would your Jamie rating be for this film? I would give it 8.5 out of 10. Hey, I'm going to give it a 9. Nice. I'm feeling generous today. Nice, nice. All right. Well, I mean, short episode, but that does it pretty much. So, uh, yeah. I don't know what's coming up next time. Uh, It's probably going to be like next month by the time we have another (laughs) episode out. But, uh, yeah. Catch you later, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.